In this week's episode, Etsy continues its buying spree, ThreadUp partners with Farfetch for a clothing donation service, and I recap a pretty amazing week here at the Galaxy. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks, and Flips Reseller Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of my home here in the Batcave. And this channel, it's all about the flip life. We're going to jumble up the order a little bit this week. I'm going to do the reselling news in the back half of the show. Uh, But there's some interesting things going on. Etsy continues to spend money like they got it, which I think they do. (laughs) Um, ThreadUp has partnered with another company, and eBay made multiple announcements throughout the week, which we'll get into. But I wanted to kick it off. By talking about me. (laughs) Uh, Why not? It's my show, right? I I should do that once in a while. So I'm going to start with uh, what sold uh, this week on eBay and Mercari. I got a kind of a top 11 for you. One that's not, we're going to start with one that really didn't work out all that well, but still wasn't hateful. Uh, We'll do a quick business recap where I will talk about the terrific week that was last week. And I'll give you a kind of an update now that we're at the mid-year point on what my business looks like compared to last year. So let's get started with this first item. This actually sold on Mercari. This was an item that I thought was going to be really, really good. And I paid up for it, which for me isn't really all that big an expenditure. I spent $10 on this Betty Boop leather cabbie cap. Really cool piece, studded, got a chain on it. I mean, I thought, I looked it up. It looked like it would probably be pretty good. They were asking like $15 for it. I got it down to 10 I put this thing up originally at an auction, hoping it would go for maybe 40 or $50, and nothing happened. I ended up listing it fixed priced for $29.99, and it just sat here for the longest time. Somebody over on Mercari finally offered me 22 bucks for it. That's essentially after the fees, not quite doubling my money. I got out of it and I'm moving on with life. So Betty Boop stuff does okay, but this was probably not one of my better buys. It's not something I lost money on, but it did not uh, come anywhere near meeting the expectations that I had for it when I bought it. Speaking of an item that probably exceeded expectations, and I've talked about these before on this show, old like government and financial books. Uh, This one was from 1940, The Government and Economic Life, Volume 2 from the Brookings Institution. This is a hardcover in actually for a book from 1940 in really great shape. This was part of a big lot that I own for 25 cents a piece. This thing went for $33.99 with free shipping. So that's a fairly nice flip. Another book out of that same lot also owned for a quarter, The History of Greece, Volume 3 by George I think it's Grot. Uh, this is from 1869. This is a, obviously it's a volume two. It's another one that I have a partial set of. So I've started listing and selling these individually. This one went for $34.99. I picked up, I was at an estate sale a couple of weeks ago and 
I picked up some religious audiobooks. I haven't really gotten into listing many of them yet, but I did list these two, uh, the Charles Swindle Revelation Unveiling the End. Um, apparently, it's a three-piece set. I was only able to find at this sale, Act 2 and Act 3. The full set, if you had all three of them, looks like it should sell for somewhere between $50 and $65. Individually, I listed these at $19.99 each with free shipping. And within a couple of days, uh, one buyer ordered both of them. So $39.98. I paid less than a dollar for these. The guy gave me a bulk price. So I'm probably into these for about $0.67, $0.68, something like that. So that's a pretty nice score. This was also out of that big lot that I owned for a quarter. This is a really old book. This is from the 1800s, The Ancient History of Egyptians, Carthaginians, and Assyrians, Volume 3. This was not, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube from the picture, not in that great a shape on the outside. The interior of the book, the pages were well tanned, but in pretty good shape. The binding was fairly solid, so the, the leather cover was very worn, torn up a little bit. This thing still brought $49.99 with free shipping. So that's, that's, a, that's a fun one. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely take that. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you were probably going to be seeing these Dr. Who videos for a while. Here is a nice sale among others that I made over the last week. Uh, one buyer purchased three of the DVDs totaling $56 and 97 cents. Um, I, as I talked about, I bought 141 of these DVDs, which as it turns out, is not the full collection. I would have assumed that it was probably pretty close, but that is not the case. There were some that were missing that either somebody had already bought or this person did not actually own. Nonetheless, I bought this whole set, as I talked about originally, for about $200, I think. In the end, it will probably worth, be worth to me about a net of $2,000. I, to this point, I still don't have them all listed. There are still some off to my right here that I'm still working on. But I've grossed somewhere between five and six hundred dollars on these already, not counting what I did over the weekend. So this has been a huge find. Add Doctor Who DVDs to your Bolo list if you have one. Um, of the hundred and forty odd ones, I've only come across two so far that are worth less than eight dollars. Most of them are like this. They've averaged probably about eighteen to nineteen dollars a piece. So just an outstanding score. A couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week, I can't really remember, I showed those uh, CH Products USB rudder pedals, and I mentioned that I had the the, the yoke and the stick. This is that. Uh, this is another item that I picked up at that same sale for 10 bucks, as I talked about in that previous podcast. CH Products USB Flight Sim Yoke. Uh, this was another one that I finally got around to hooking up and testing. I did the same thing with this one that I did with the rudder pedals. I started it at an auction at $29.99. This one didn't quite get to the light, uh, to the heights of the other one, no pun intended. It got to $71, which is still pretty good, uh, plus UPS ground shipping. So, again, be on the lookout for these. Add these to your Bolo list, CH products, uh, flight sim yokes, and rudder pedals. If you can get them for $10 or $15, bucks, they are... The, the two of these sold for $147 plus shipping total. So that's a really nice find if you can find those. 
Here is a book that I bought at an estate sale just a couple of weeks ago. I paid $2 for this, which is technically a little more than I like to pay for just one-off books, but I looked this up and it had really good value and it sold on Mercari, The Birds of the Bible from Gene Stratton Porter. This is from 1909. It was a first edition hardcover, sold for $85 with free shipping. So another one, I don't know how common it is. Um, And I've talked about this in the past, old religious books, be they Bibles or otherwise, like the audiobooks from earlier in this segment, that stuff, it's not all golden, but a lot of it is worth really, really good money. So definitely be on the lookout, especially for older, say pre-1960s era uh, religious and Bible type books. Here's one I don't really have a photo of. I had a customer that reached out to me. I had eight different I've got more than eight, but I had eight specific lots of a model railroading magazine called N-Scale that a customer wanted. I had them listed individually for about $13.50 or best offer. We worked out a deal. He bought eight years worth of them for essentially $10 a year. I own them for about $0.74 a year, so that's a really nice flip. Uh, He did pay shipping as well, so $79.95 plus $18.98 $18.98 in shipping for eight years worth of N-Scale magazine. That is a really, that's not the best one. There's another one. I think it's called N-Scale Railroading. If you're out looking at model railroading magazines, those seem to be worth more money than this N-Scale magazine. Uh, but this was still a pretty nice score. I picked these up actually on Facebook Marketplace. I'm in, I do some model railroading and I kind of follow a few pages on Facebook. And someone mentioned that they had a big collection of N-scale magazines that they would essentially give to someone who wanted them if they just paid the shipping. So I paid, I think it was about 42 bucks to have this pretty enormous collection of N-scale magazines sent to me. It worked out to about seven cents an item something like that in, in the collection. So ended up being a really, really good buy. I've way more than made my money back on that. So be on the lookout for those. If you have an area of interest that you're in groups for kind of watch, sometimes people will be offering stuff up for nothing or really dirt cheap prices, and you can really get some nice scores. If you have been following along for a while, you'll remember late winter, early spring, I did a YouTube short for an estate sale that I went to that was a total buster. And I stopped at a thrift store kind of on the way home. And I found this, the Ebony Pictorial History of Black America, volumes one, two, and three in a slipcase. Found this at a thrift store for $2.99. At the time, I said the only other one listed was $99.99 or best offer. I didn't think that mine was in quite as good a condition as the other one, and I wasn't sure it was going to sell for as much money. I went ahead and listed it at the same price, $99.99, and just took a chance on it that maybe somebody would either make me an offer or that the other one that was $99 would sell first, and then I'd have the only one left, and I could get the $99.99, and that is exactly (laughs) what happened. Uh, $99.99 plus shipping for the Ebony Pictorial History of Black America, So another one to add to your bolo list. 
not super common, but if you come across it, it is definitely worth picking up. Again, $2.99 into $99.99 plus shipping in any other week. That would be probably your flip of the week. But this week, in your flip of the week, we have this book, The Margarita Madrigal, Ursula Meyer, Madrigal's Magic Key to German. I bought this at a uh, garage sale for 50 cents. It's a first edition hardcover with a dust jacket from 1966. I've talked about previously translation books have done reasonably well for me. I had no idea when I picked this one up that it would do this well for me. This went for $99.99 with free shipping. Again, on an original investment of just 50 cents. So huge, some really big big scores this week. Again, I'm not one that generally has two and $300 sales. I have a lot of this kind of little stuff, but for me to have multiple sales in the 70 plus dollar range was pretty remarkable. So I will definitely take it again, be on the lookout for this. There are different versions of it. Obviously first edition hardcover with dust jacket. This thing had everything in the world going for it. 99.99. I owned it for maybe a month. I've probably had this thing a month and it brought that kind of money. So definitely you want to be on the lookout for those. So all that stuff added together, what kind of a week did it add up to? A pretty darn good one. (laughs) Uh, Last week was just remarkable and I don't know. I can't really attribute it to anything. I didn't, I haven't done anything different. Uh, A lot of it probably were these Dr. Who DVDs that I talked about. Um, They have, they started selling almost immediately. And there was a a lot of them that I did get listed. Like I said, I I don't have them all done, but I've probably done 120 to 130 of them. And they generated a lot of traffic, which generated a lot of business, which of course that activity tends to seemingly bump you up in the eBay algorithm. So all in all, it ended up being a just a remarkable week. Listings for the week, partly due to all those Doctor Who DVDs. I did 130 new listings last week, which took my eBay store to 6,725 listings, which was a net gain of 37. That also means that I did 93 transactions last week across all platforms. So... The last few weeks have been kind of in that 70s range. So this was a pretty nice jump in transaction volume. The average ticket was also a little higher because obviously I just showed you I had a bunch of big ticket items and even some of the some of the things that did not make my top sales were in that $20 range uh, instead of in the 12 to $14 range. So really, really nice, nice week over on Mercari. The same 130 listings last week, which got my total to 29.84, which was a gain over there of 62 listings. Sales for the week. Not my best week ever, but the best week I've had around here at the Galaxy in a long, long time. 18.93 and 47 cents. So just a super week all the way around. It broke down thusly. Bonanza on the board for 29.99. Mercari 204.25. Mercari, despite the sales that I showed you, continues to kind of lag behind what I had initially projected when I started my project with List Perfectly. Shameless plug, there is a affiliate link 
down below for List Perfectly if you're inclined to check it out. It has been incredibly useful for me to do this cross-listing in a quick and efficient manner. I'm only using it for those two platforms, eBay and Mercari. Bonanza, obviously, as we've talked about, happens automatically. But if you're inclined to want to expand into some other areas, List Perfectly is a terrific tool for that. I highly recommend it. Um, but the results on Mercari, while good, have not quite met what I initially set out for. I was hoping that in any given week it would do 20% of what my eBay sales roughly were for that week. It continues to do more in the, say, 10 to 15% range, which it's all plus business. It's all extra business. So I'm not going to complain about an extra $200 a week, but it would be nice if that was a little bit closer to what I'm doing on eBay. Part of it, obviously, is I don't have as many listings over there, uh, but a lot of the listings that I don't have over there are the lower volume ones, so in terms of price. So I don't... <laughs> uh, and kudos to Mercari. I did, we're a little off the subject here, a couple of weeks ago I talked about that I had an item that was delayed by uh, USPS in transit and that Mercari had arbitrarily canceled it I had tried to reroute it, but I didn't have high expectations that that would happen. And as the case was last week, the item did get delivered to the buyer. I sent an email through uh, Mercari's internal messaging system asking, said, hey, here's the story. You guys canceled this. You didn't even give me an opportunity to tell you that I had started a UPS lost, or USPS lost package request on this item. You didn't. You didn't ask me any questions. You just canceled it on your own. Now it's been delivered. What can we do? And within 10 minutes, I had a message from one of their representatives that they understood my concerns and they had deposited that money back into my Mercari account. I went and looked and sure enough, my net proceeds were back in there. So I don't know if they rebuild the customer or if they just have a fund where when those things happen, they just pay that out. But, uh, Kudos to Makari on that. They took care of me and repaid me for the item they canceled. So it was a kind of a week of redemption. I must be in another storytelling mood <laughs> uh, this week. I, I consume a lot of reselling podcasts during the course of a week as I'm down here listing and stuff. And I had heard multiple people from the Pure Hustle podcast guys to... Um, Lonnie and John Cincinnati Picker and Shed Flips and others. Cat, the nurse flipper, has talked about um, American Bubble Boy, a supplier of bubble wrap. And so I decided I was going to try them out. And I placed an order. This goes back to before Memorial Day weekend. And it was a total disaster. <laughs> uh, I, I received tracking numbers. The items never moved. I inquired on it. They said that. There was a problem with the labels. They would ship new ones. Those, ultimately, they had a production problem. Those didn't move. So where most people are getting their shipments, in theory, from American Bubble Boy, within two days, mine took essentially 10 days and an email to Joel, who is the founder of American Bubble Boy, to actually get them here. To his credit, Joel was fantastic. He was very helpful, explained exactly what happened and what they were going to try to do to fix their process for it. 
they actually doubled my order in compensation for the delay. So kudos to them for all of that. I did last week use them again for another order of a different size of bubble wrap just to give them another chance. And it was flawless. Got it in literally the next day. I had a shipping confirmation within an hour of placing my order, and the stuff was here literally less than 24 hours later. So I'm going to write that up to a one-off that there was a problem with my first order that, as Joel and I talked about, when things go wrong, they go really wrong, and that order really went wrong, but I'm not affiliated with them. I don't have an affiliate link, but if you're thinking about trying to get some bubble wrap, I would recommend them. It is I will say this, and the others have said it as well. It is b- better bubble wrap than what I've been buying over on uh, eBay from different sellers on eBay. The bubbles, it sounds like a ridiculous thing to talk about, and only resellers <laughs> would even talk about this. The bubbles seem to have more air in them. They're much more solid, um, and I think they probably offer a lot better protection than some of the other bubble wrap I've been buying elsewhere. So American Bubble Boy, if you're listening, thank you so much for making it right and for making a really, really good product. Uh, And if you'd like me to become an affiliate for you, send me a message. (laughs) Uh, Back to this weekly recap nonsense. Uh, Cost of goods sold last week, $57.20, which left me with a gross profit of 96.98%, which is pretty solid, $18.36.27. Operating expenses for the week totaled six thirty-four and a quarter, three hundred and twenty-three dollars and fifty-nine cents in uh, outbound shipping, two hundred and sixty-four dollars and seventy-two cents in eBay, Mercari, and Bonanza fees, and about forty-five dollars worth of supplies, the bubble wrap and some ink. I burned through ink around here. <laughs> uh, that left me with a net profit for the week. Just stellar 63.48% or $1,202.02. So best week here at the Galaxy, man, probably since March or April. So it was really nice after having a lot of kind of sub $800 weeks. It was nice to like blow one out of the water with uh, 12.02.02. A quick look back. It's We're at mid-year now. We're in third quarter. Reminder, if you have an eBay store and you get the eBay shipping coupon, your old one has expired, but you probably have a new one. So if you need some shipping supplies, that coupon is probably there now that we're into Q3. Nonetheless, I, I'd look back kind of at mid-year just to see how does this year compare to last year? Am I growing? Am I shrinking? Is my business better? Is it worse? What's, what's different? What are the trends? And for the first six months of the year, the trends are all positive. So you can let me know in the comments down below if you've looked at your first six months. What does it look like compared to last year? Mine, my sales are up 16.7% versus last year. Part of that I can attribute again back to List Perfectly and adding in this additional platform. It has been, again, not quite the numbers I had hoped for. But overall, it has contributed to an increase in my sales of 16.7%. On the flip side, my cost of goods sold is down 52.48%, which is enormous. I've talked several times on this channel about, and other resellers say the same thing, we don't make our money when we sell the stuff. We make our money when we buy it. If you can save a couple of bucks here and there on the front end, when you make a purchase, that is just 
profit in the bank because the the market value on eBay, Poshmark, wherever it is, is what the market value is. If an item's worth 15 bucks, the market doesn't care if you paid $5 for it or $2 for it. It's still only worth $15. So if you can save that money on the front end, that's just profit. In this case, that reduction in cost of goods sold through buying a little smarter and these big bulk buys has contributed to a gross profit increase year over year for the first six months of 22.51%, which is super. Expenses overall were up slightly. Most of it is postage because I've been doing more business. Expenses were up 12.21%, which meant my net profit was up 34.24%. And that's the important number, net profit. Sales, sales are nice. They're fun to talk about, but in the big scheme of things, they're almost irrelevant other than that they lead, obviously, to the end goal, which is profit. So increasing my net profit by 34 odd percent in the first six months of this year is a huge win. I'm really pleased with how that piece of the business has been going. Sales obviously have been a little up and down as we kind of roll into this post, hopefully at least post pandemic era. But on balance, the first six months of the year were amazing. With that, we're going to take a short break so I can, I think I'll squeeze in a list perfectly spot over on the actual podcast and we'll be right back with reselling news. Stay tuned. We all know that one of the quickest ways to increase sales is to get your items seen on more platforms. But if you're like me and you have hundreds or even thousands of existing listings, the thought of transferring all of that information manually is pretty overwhelming. That's where a program like List Perfectly can come in really, really handy. I've been using it to transfer literally hundreds of items a day from my eBay listings over to Mercari, and it has been fantastic. I've seen an increase in sales, and I couldn't have done it without them. In fact, I'm so happy with how the program is working for me that I've become an affiliate for them. If you'd like to check out what it's all about, there's an affiliate link in the show notes and the description below. Be sure to click on it, and if you decide to sign up, enter promo code 634 to save 30% off your first month. I can't recommend it highly enough. That's list perfectly. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. News updates. So let's take a dive into reselling news for last week it's not as big an update as the week before but there are some interesting things going on over in the world of reselling philadelphia style has an article a group called farfetch has partnered with ThreadUp to launch a clothing donation service um, talks about it is easier than ever to donate your clothes and contribute to the cycle of sustainable fashion while also earning credits towards the purchase of new items through the Farfetch'd app and website. 
I've never heard of Farfetch until I found this article. They are a luxury online fashion retailer carrying products from more than 700 brands and boutiques around the world. Now, Farfetch has teamed up with the online consignment store ThreadUp to make your donations go farther. They've streamlined the donation process, part of ThreadUp's resale as a service initiative, creating the Farfetch Donate campaign. It is their effort to move away from the take, make, and dispose model of the fashion industry and instead encourage more sustainable consumption habits. Farfetch successfully launched a similar partnership with a group called Thrift Plus over in the UK back in 2019, and this service is now available through ThreadUp to customers here in the U.S. You uh, visit a customized retail experience that starts on Farfetch's website where customers can find this Farfetch Donate brand, quote, clean-out kits. You'll receive your kit at home, fill it up with your unwanted apparel, shoes, and accessories, and then you will ship them to ThreadUp. You can also have it collected uh, free of charge from the comfort of your home. I don't know if that's through a a USPS pickup or how that works, but uh, you can have it picked up at your house. Once the item sells on ThreadUp, sellers donate at least 50% of the total payout to their choice of a selection of charities, and the remaining 50% is applied as a shopping credit on Farfetch. So if you're interested in participating in that, you're maybe if, if you're listening to this and you're not a traditional reseller, but you got some stuff you want to get rid of and you'd like to get a little credit over on Farfetch, take a look at that. I will link to this article in the show notes and the video description below. Talked about in the intro that Etsy has continued their buying spree, um, among other things that we'll get into in this segment. Uh, the Etsy CEO bets on e-commerce growth in Brazil with a $217 million deal to purchase LO7, E-L-O and the number 7. Etsy shares jumped 7% after it agreed to acquire LO7 in Brazil. $217 million compared to what they just spent for ThreadUp is obviously a relative drop in the bucket. This is not a big investment, but it does have potentially a huge upside. Uh, Etsy CEO Josh Silverman has said the opportunity for Brazil's e-commerce sector to grow faster than the U.S. we think is very meaningful over time. Brazil is one of the biggest economies in the world, but its e-commerce sector is still just in the early days of penetration. So they think that e-commerce is really poised for big growth in Brazil. Uh, He went on to say this is all about growth potential over the medium and long term. So this is not kind of a get-rich-quick scheme. They're thinking that this growth will happen kind of over the longer term. This In in Latin America, at large, the e-commerce penetration rate is less than 10% of all sales. The market could produce about $29 billion of revenue this year, but is forecast to grow, wait for it, at 26%. Annually, which is an enormous number. Uh, similar to Etsy, LO7 allows merchants to set up an online shop and sell items to buyers. The site is among the largest online marketplaces in Brazil. It currently has 56,000 sellers and 2 million shoppers. So this obviously comes on the heels of their purchase of Depop. 
And apparently, there's another article, and I couldn't read the whole thing because I didn't subscribe <laughs> uh, to the site. But apparently, one of the things that Etsy has already reached out to Depop for assistance with is Depop's mobile-first strategy. They apparently do everything based on the idea that most people are going to use Depop from their mobile device, from their phone or a tablet. Etsy wants that expertise. So we're starting to get some glimpses of why, in addition to just market volume, Etsy is buying some of these other companies. And that seems to be one of the first ones that they're trying to leverage uh, with their purchase of Depop is to learn how to do mobile better, which I find really interesting. Etsy is also expanding and looking for employees in Mexico City. So if you're down in Mexico and you are a coder in particular looking for work, Etsy might be looking for you. Uh, they are particularly looking for people who can do coding. They're looking for developers who can help them solve some of the most interesting and complex challenges within e-commerce by creating the best user experience. So again, this kind of ties into what we just talked about with their acquisition of Depop. They want to provide a better experience for their customers. So are you listening, eBay? <laughs> uh, for example, the challenge of delivering better search and discovery capabilities from millions of unstructured listings requires developing and using some of the most innovative AI and machine learning applications. Etsy, importantly, develops and deploys your code quickly using an innovative continuous development system. Again, this is different from eBay, and part of it is because it's so much newer. eBay has kind of a legacy system that they're, they're always trying to figure out how to work new features into where newer technologies and newer software solutions are much more flexible with how they're changed, and they have a lot less kind of legacy stuff that a change or an update can impact. And that's one of the reasons when eBay makes a change, they seem to have so many glitches down line, unintended consequences, because their software, their development stuff is so old and structured in such a way that it's just this labyrinth of code that it's almost impossible to tell what unintended consequences might arise. So kudos to Etsy. Uh, they say their developers mainly write code in PHP and JavaScript, but they will also use Java, Go, and Swift. For now, if you are hired by Etsy to work with them in Mexico City, you will work remotely. They are still seeking physical office spaces to create a safe and collaborative work experience in the near future. So if you are a coder and down in the Mexico City area and interested in working for Etsy, they are hiring now eBay, as I said in the intro, made multiple announcements last week. One of the most interesting is registration is now open for eBay Open Online 2021. This is going to take place in August uh, the 4th through the 6th. There is a link, I believe, in your seller hub where you can register. You may have already actually even received a message from eBay about this. eBay Open Online 2021 Registration is open, marking the return of eBay's biggest seller event of the year. If you've clocked previous dates, note that they've changed and the event will run on the 4th through the 6th of August. There will be three half-day sessions, which will include starter and 
next level training sessions, seller-led breakouts, executive keynotes, so they'll have people from eBay actually speaking, category breakouts, seller panels, community networking, special podcast recordings featuring Griff from the eBay for Business podcast, and eBay booths. So I will again link to this article, which also has a direct link to the registration. You can kind of come and go and join the sessions as you please. Speaking of eBay, trying to make changes and become a better place, uh, there's an article over on e-commerce bytes. An eBay power seller gets a chance to inform eBay management from within. An eBay power seller is working on a project this summer and will share feedback from sellers with the eBay management. The kicker is he is a college student doing a summer intern. Ooh, that was brutal. Internship. Over at eBay, Sam Strauss has been selling online since he was 14, and he just finished his freshman year at Carnegie Mellon University's Tepper School of Business. Since his first sale on eBay as a teen, he's generated over $300,000 in revenue through more than 15,000 transactions. Uh, He was profiled on an eBay blog post titled, Bringing a Seller's Perspective to eBay's Summer Internship. Uh, A couple of things that he is bringing back to eBay, uh, at least in the examples that are mentioned here in this article, include seller feedback about category-specific website bugs and suggestions for improvements. Uh, According to this article, it's not clear how he is communicating with sellers, but if you were to make contact with him or he was to reach out to you, what would you tell him? What What are some things that you would like to see eBay do better or what are some things that are not working that you would like to see working a little better. We've talked about this over the last couple of episodes as well. The eBay reopen report. They now have a part two available. I will link to it in the show notes in the video description below. They talk about sales trends that have started now in the summer that we're in kind of the next phase of the full economy getting reopened. We talked a little bit about this last week. Heavy on celebration, backyard games, grills, outdoor entertaining, accessories for convertibles, campers, and canoes. Those are all things that are seeing an increase in sales currently over on eBay. So if that's the kind of stuff you've got in your death pile, now is the time to get them listed. You you can link, you can visit the link in the article and go see the full report. There are some interesting insights over there eBay Main Street, which is their corporate kind of lobbying firm, if you will, posted an update on the state internet sales tax. Uh, Entering 2021, only a few states remained without an internet sales tax law for remote sellers and marketplace facilitators and providers. By mid-year, those states were becoming active with IST legislation. Florida and Kansas have enacted laws Legislation in Missouri is pending a signature from the governor. If the governor signs it, as expected, 45 states, the District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico will all have IST laws in place. Uh, Probably the biggest news, if you are a seller in Illinois and you've been doing things right, you've been double taxed in Illinois because you have been paying sales tax 
remitting sales tax, and eBay has also been collecting it and remitting it in Illinois. Legislation is currently supported by eBay to fix an issue affecting Illinois-based sellers under the state's marketplace law. It has unanimous approval from both the House and the Senate. Uh, It's going to the governor, J.B. Pritzker, for his consideration. They expect that he will sign it. If signed, the bill, which is SB 2066, would provide the state the authority to grant retroactive credits to Illinois-based marketplace sellers for transactions that took place in 2020 when tax was remitted to the state by both the marketplace and the seller. So if you are in Illinois and you remitted sales tax last year, so did eBay, and you may be entitled to get some of that money back. So be on the lookout for that if you're over in Illinois. But this, all in all, this is good news. It's only going to leave a handful of states that are not in the program. So you should, in theory, be able to more or less stop worrying at all about sales tax. There was also a post up about some new lines being added to eBay's reporting that will also show you when the new European VAT tax goes into, the value-added tax goes into effect. I think that happens in a couple of weeks. So as you probably are aware, eBay lumps all of your payments together in one line on your 1099 at the end of the year. It includes the sales tax that they collected and remitted on your behalf. It is also now going to include this VAT tax for European countries where it is applicable. That is important to you because that is all information that you need to deduct when you do your taxes. Again, this is not tax advice. I strongly recommend that you talk to your CPA or your tax attorney when you're looking at taxes, but this is something that is being reported essentially on your 1099 as income to you that is not actually income to you because it's going directly to the tax authority. So this will be a new line on your reports. If you have stuff set up automated to scan those kind of reports and pull that data, you'll want to take a look at those so that you can capture this new information because it is going to be important for you at tax time. I could, it was in the header on the sales sales hub, seller hub, One day I went in and read it. Now I can't find it again, so I don't have a link for that. But it is coming. It will be a new line in your eBay seller reports. With that, that's the news and that's the show. Please let us know down in the comments, uh, how is your business? How was the first half of your year? If you're a seller over on Etsy, what do you think about all their recent acquisitions and what it means for their growth going forward? I hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. And now it's time to sell. Thanks guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you again next time.